the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now, it's the Rob Black Podcast. You can hear Rob live every weekday morning from 10 to noon on 910 AM and Talk910.com. So some of the headline stories, again, we don't have the Fox News audio today. So the big headline stories out there is President Barack Obama is making another trip to the Gulf region, and ultimately what's going to happen is tomorrow night, 8 o'clock Eastern, 5 o'clock Pacific, the President's going to address the nation, and a lot of people are upset that he's not upset. He's come across as, as do you care more about BP than fishermen? So he's going to come out tomorrow just spit and fire. He's going to be in nasty mood. He's going to use words that are emotional. He's going to use, you know, he's going to cite examples of the family in Louisiana that I visited, they've seen their income disappear. Their child says, Mama, when are we going to eat again? He's going to be very dramatic. It's going to be high drama tomorrow. And that could be the apex of the, the BP scandal on their stock. BP is testing the waters. Do they want to put a fund together to settle? Do they want to cut their dividend instead of giving a dividend? Now, keep in mind, British Petroleum makes a lot of money, and they're going to get through this. And they've got a lot of retirees from British Petroleum that are counting on that dividend. Now, again, we don't feel bad for them. There's, there's dolphins that are dying. There's fishermen that are losing their ways of life style. There's families that are being destroyed. There's 11 men who are dead from the, the Gulf explosion on the rig. There's a lot of drama there. But there's also some retirees who are counting on that dividend. Interesting, right? I mean, you're saying, man, you are the ultimate in devil's advocate. Yes, I am. So Ford's coming out today, and they're saying that pickup sales, pickup truck sales, are gaining in popularity. And the trick here, or the rub here, is, is as pickup sales pick up, it's telling that construction very likely picking up. It's one of those economic indicators that I pay attention to, and I go, got it, paying attention to it, I got it. Elsewhere in the world of headline news, a South African instrument known as the Vuvuzela. If you've watched any soccer, if you've watched any World Cup, you've heard this sound from the audience. And it's the world's most annoying thing. Broadcasters hate it. Fans hate it. Watching the, the soccer matches, it sucks because of it. It's a long plastic trumpet. And ultimately, what looks like it's going to happen is FIFA says the horns have not only created a distinctive game-watching atmosphere, but showcased the culture of South Africa. Now, I think they're going to get banned, hopefully by the end of the tournament. Just take those damn plastic trumpets away from people. They're annoying. And again, Americans... We want it done our way. We don't want it done the South African way. I want to hear a good, clean clean match go, play on. But it's called the Vuvuzela. And the question is, do we take it away from people and or not? Again, it's part of the culture. It's it's um, like you ever go to a South American uh, soccer match in the United States. Uh, they'll bring their drums. The fans will bring drums into the stands. and They'll drum while the soccer match is going on. And we go, this is a bit odd. But we get used to it and we, we go with it. Next up, a drug called Avastin. Turns out that it's um, incredibly good at fighting cancer. 
Genentech had it. Roche now owns all of uh, Genentech, but Genentech still Genentech. Genentech Bay Area Company. Avastin is this like super product. It almost makes me want to start smoking cigarettes because Avastin or Genentech will eventually cure cancer, in my opinion, or fight cancer. But what we're finding out with Avastin, it's a pretty cheap drug, all things considered. In third world countries, it can stop blindness. It basically groups your eye, eye stuff together a little bit better so that it stops blindness. And you could actually, the Avastin drug is, is doing superior results. It's, it's what you would almost call an off-label and in the world of investments, in the world of pharmaceuticals, if you can get that, man, you take that to the bank. If you get people in uh, the, the medical journal of uh, Massachusetts saying, hey, this drug is good for not only fighting lung cancer and, and breast cancer, but it's also good for fighting blindness. Like, that's just gravy. Man, do you not love gravy? Fried chicken skin and gravy and bacon, things that we love. Um, so it's gravy for a company. To get that extra, hey, it does this. And that can help the sales of the company and help the investments. Hey, uh, big weekend at the movies? Kind of. It wasn't actually a bad weekend at the movies. The Karate Kid remake did better than expected. Even though there's a love scene. Not a love scene. Kind of a boy-girl scene. Kissing scene. And the kid's only 13. It kind of just gives you the oogies. Like Ralph Macchio, who played the first Karate Kid, at least he was 35 playing a 16-year-old. And 16-year-olds, you're like, go make out, touch her boobs and, and kiss her and, and feel all the electricity that is teenage love. Absolutely, we got Ralph Macchio. But see a 13-year-old kid who's playing a 13-year-old kid kiss a girl? It just gives me the oogies, and it should have been deleted from the movie. Even though I haven't seen the movie, I won't see the movie. If I were in the movie, I would have deleted the scene. Did you know in China, when you film in China... Um, in the United States, like they can shut down the, all the streets in San Francisco and film a movie here and totally inconvenience everyone. In China, if you inconvenience one person, they say, I don't want your film here. You actually have to move locations. Kind of odd. And finally today, Jimmy Dean has passed away at the age of 81. Jimmy Dean enjoyed a long-lasting career in the entertainment industry. He had more than 30 music albums and television appearances to his name. Jimmy Dean may best be remembered as the founder of the Jimmy Dean Sausage Ranch. So the guy was a uh, a singer. He America loved him years and years ago. And instead of opening a car dealership, he said, I'm going to sell sausages. I'm going to put my name on sausage, which basically is every part of an animal that doesn't sell in retail, basically grind it up together. Now, again, not, not totally that's what it is. I'm not saying that, you know, Jimmy Dean sausage is beaks and stuff or hooves or, or butt or, you know, bone marrow or skull. I'm not implying that. I'm kind of implying it, but I'm not saying it. Anyway, he's dead. Dead at the age of 81. So, again, my thought is, let's turn him into a big sausage. I think that would be the best way to honor him. This is a story for you people over the age of 60. One of yours is gone. So he's been taken from us. A lot like Rue McClanahan, gone. So another one, gone. And, again, I wouldn't mind turning him into a sausage. I bet he'd be a tasty little sausage. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Um, you know, I talked about Karate Kid actually being a pretty good hit for Hollywood this, this summer. They've had a, one other hit, and that was Iron Man 2. Everything else has been incredibly weak. Did you know that 11 writers worked on the A-Team script? It took 11 people to come up with a script for the A-Team. Just throwing it out there for you. So there's job, jobs awaiting, jobs aplenty. But grumpy moviegoers, and I, I, I count myself as a grumpy moviegoer. I don't want to go see the movies right now. I want the buttered popcorn without the movie. I know. You're saying, Rob, would you actually walk into a theater and get popcorn and walk back out? I would. 
because I like movie popcorn that kind of you know, it's so bad for you, but I like it that kind of much. Anyway, um, so box office down year over year, six point four percent. So we're just not liking the movies that are out there now. There's a good one coming around the corner, and I say good one because I'm a wuss. Tom Hanks, the voice of Buzz Lightyear, or whoever he's the voice of, not Buzz Lightyear. That's Tim Allen. But um, Toy Story 3 is right around the corner. He's Woody, yeah. Tom Hanks, I heard him talk, and don't you just hate hearing celebrities talk about their movies that they're in? He goes, yeah, the first movie was all magical. It reminded me of my childhood. The second movie actually made me cry, and this movie took me to a whole nother mode. And you're like, douche, douche, stop talking about a movie as if it's it's transcendental. That's just me. I hate watching celebrities talk about how great and how powerful their work is. 800-345-5639. So Toy Story 3, it's going to be in 3D. It's going to help Pixar establish computer or animated family fair as their most reliable moneymaker because nothing else is really working out there right now. Shrek didn't really work in animation. How to Train a Dragon didn't really work. It got good reviews for adults but confused the hell out of kids. Heidi's got on headphones. I think she's, are you spinning music, Heidi, or are you basically going to comment on Hollywood? She's going to not comment on Hollywood, and now she's not talking, which is the golden rule of radio. Talk. Talk. So she's giving me hand signals. She's, she's pantomiming uh, things for me. She's stuck in a box right now. She can't get out. We're going to break 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. If this show ain't a Monday, I don't know what is. Throw black your money, 9, 10 a.m., more stimulating talk. Is Rob Black and your money on 910 AM. More stimulating talk. And now, Rob Black. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to bring on, bring it. I'd love to hear. Let's go to Douglas in San Mateo. Douglas, how are you? Rob, hi, you there? I'm here, Douglas. I've got a busy signal there. Something must be up with our phones. We got a busy signal from Maui. We're getting a busy signal from you. Don't know what it is, but thanks for uh, persevering. Well, I'll hang on until you get rid of it if you want me to. Nope. Just say say your piece and then get off. Um, I have um, been in the fortunate situation of being a reciprocant of a um, inheritance. Um, had a guy approach me a couple of years ago, and. Um, Unfortunately, I didn't find out until the very end that uh, you are only um, required to pay a 10% finder's fee under the uh, Section 1582 of California Code of Civil Procedures. You are limited to paying only 10% for a finder's fee, and unfortunately, I agreed to pay 33% of the uh, the, uh, the total amount. So. Did it did it work out though for you, Douglas? Did you get a big chunk of money that you didn't know was there? Oh, I didn't get a big chunk. I ended up with one hundred fifty four thousand. That'll pay some bills. I think that's a pretty good chunk. So yeah, for a lot okay. of people, where did the money come from? What what relative or what friend left you a chunk of change? I ended up with a relative I didn't even know existed down in uh, San Diego. That's a pretty good situation, right? You never met the person. They just they left it to. Basically, it was unclaimed. They didn't have a will, likely, and um, or anyone in their will was already dead. So it was probably just an old relative who passed, and they couldn't find any blood except for you. All right. I was uh, pretty fortunate. My, I called around to uh, a couple other people to find out uh, what they knew about it, and they didn't even know uh, 
that they existed or uh, the money was there. Well, I'm going to make a, a trip over to Goldman Sachs, and I'm going to find the best short player in the business there, and I'm going to make a little deposit. <laughs> Interesting that you're going to gamble it, Douglas. Why not be? Um, why not just uh, play it out as part of your overall strategy instead of thinking short term? Why not think more long term? Because guys that play short, so the guys that know what they're doing. <laughs> I wouldn't always count on that. I assure you that. Thanks for the call, Douglas. Okay. 800-345-5639. Douglas inherited a big chunk of change, and he didn't know about it, and there was a finder who basically came to him and said, hey, we see that you're tied to this person, and we want 33%, and we'll help you with the process. You only have to pay 10%. There's actually a good website called financialarrangementnetwork.com, financialarrangementnetworks.com. And they do a good job if you want to punch in your name to see if there's any money that's been left to you that you didn't know about. Kind of an interesting thought. And, again, it's interesting that he, Douglas, was like 150000 not a large chunk of change. That ain't a bad chunk of change when you didn't see it there, when it wasn't there in any way, shape, or form. I don't know. To me, that's like sweet. That's, uh, I'm not saying it's free money, but it's it's pretty darn close. One of the topics that's out there right now in technology, it's going to be an interesting investment concept. And we are, E3 is happening today, so we're going to hear a lot of news about video games and, and new technologies. But one of the ones that I've been lingering with and playing with for the last 15 years is 4G. I remember when I worked for a station called CNET, CNET Radio. They were at the tech station. They were here on 9, 10 a.m., this very uh, broadcasting uh, frequency. And we did a lot of tech stories. I, I, did, I was basically the tech stock guy for them. You know, I took my career in Wall Street as an analyst and, and basically helped you discern what was a good tech to invest in, what wasn't a good tech to invest in. And one of the big stories was always 3G and 4G. It's third generation, fourth generation of, of cell phone technologies. And you'd go to these big expos, and, and the CEO of some Japanese cell phone company would, would show, like, this super fast high-definition video or this super fast web technology that would change on the fly. So Sprint's rolling out its 4G network, and they're the first ones to do it. Verizon and AT&T, they've got their own 4G network. So what is this all about? Now, I'll tell you. The first cell phone in the United States to use 4G, it debuted this month with the promise of super fast download speeds, smooth video streams, and even video chat. That phone came from Sprint Nextel. Verizon's going to launch its own network this year, and AT&T's going to do it in 2011. Now, what's going to happen with 4G is we're going to pay more. There's going to be two services. Do you want regular internet speed? Or do you want super fast 4G internet speed? Do you want to pay $40 a month or $60 a month? That's how it's going to play out. Now, how much faster is 4G? 4G, most 3G subscribers can basically expect about a megabit per second right now. 4G can do 6 to 7 megabits per second initially. And down the road, it's probably going to be about 10 times faster than ultimately 3G is. So it's going to be fast. Now, right now, I can go on my phone, I can hit web, I can hit ESPN, I can hit scores. It takes about 20 seconds to get the world soccer scores updated. So the question is, what will 4G do for voice calls? I hate voice calls. Heidi calls me, and it sounds like I'm in an episode of Charlie Brown. Like You can't hear people on cell phones. It's awful. Here we are in the 21st century, and cell phone technology is still awful on voice. Is 4G going to fix it? No. 4G is basically a data technology. That's about it. So what will 4G enable us to do? 
that you can't do with your 3G phone, well, ultimately, you're going to be able to watch a high-definition video on, like, Hulu. So your phone, you'll be able to go to Hulu.com and watch a video, basically, while you're, you know, watching it. So that's kind of in real time. It's also going to be possible to take information from the Internet and interact with the real world in ways that we haven't really dreamed of. Like, for instance, if you're traveling in a foreign country... You could hold up your phone and look at something written in another language, and the phone will be able to, in real time, show it to you in your own language. So 4G is going to be super fast, and there's going to be some applications that are going to be nice. It's not going to change the world. It's going to, you know, evolve phone internet. It's not going to change phone internet. The bigger question is universal data. At what point in time will I pay AT&T for all my online data? That's, you're going to hear more and more about this argument, is why do we pay for our cell phone and for our computer? Like, I got a cable modem that I'm paying Comcast 60 bucks a month for, but also I have a data plan that I'm paying AT&T 40 bucks for. When's it all going to be all-encompassing? And Congress is going to get in on this. Congress knows that they can get your vote if they can get the average person to have one plan versus two plans. Save the average American. Now, a car... Here's another 4G technology. A car is going to be able to be connected. A lot of cars are going to have navigation systems that are just tied towards the 4G network now instead of tied towards satellite. So you can be updated with real-time traffic. You don't have to have that that satellite one way. It would be very much so two ways. So as far as the traffic information changes in new roads, streets becoming one way. So it's going to be pretty good for uh, changing the GPS technologies out there, making it a little bit more real-time. Now, one of the companies that has a GPS technology out there, is Google. And oftentimes you'll hear me say, great, Google it, Google it. So Google is a $490 stock. It's pretty expensive, ticker symbol G-O-O-G. Now, it's really not all that expensive because it's based on, you know, shares outstanding and earnings per share, which makes it look a little bit more like a value. Now, quarter quarter numbers, you kind of start looking for channel checks to see how they're doing. You start looking at year-over-year numbers, how you feel comfortable with Google, you look at how much exposure they got to Europe. We know we hear Europe's isn't doing good right now, so we want to see what their exposure is. We're hearing that Bing has started to gain some market share. If you listen to morning radio, Bing is buying a lot of advertising. Like uh, you'll hear Lamont and Tonelli say, "Hey, you know, we use Bing to go figure out where to get a burrito for lunch today," and they're getting paid to do that. So Bing's trying to get some market share away from Google at this point in time. Now Europe. It's not going to move the needle on Google. It's not going to be enough for people to say, I, I want out. Now, one thing that Google's doing to try to get my attention as an investor is they're trying to monetize news, trying to monetize image search. They're trying to monetize local maps. They're placing contextual sponsored links both in the PC and the mobile on those three issues. Now, the monetization of under-monetized properties, basically relatively easy and a relatively easy push for Google to get – Take advantage of weakness. So price target on Google, I think about 550. Anytime it's under that, I think it's it's a bit of a value, a little bit of a trade. But again, you're talking about a almost a $500 stock moving to 550. It's not. It's a, it's dramatic and it's nice. It's 10%. I could play that in a market that I think goes sideways for the rest of the summer. Now again, I think the market going sideways. I'm going to change my opinion on that at some point. It's not going to be the whole summer of discontent, but for now, I'm calling it summer of discontent. Let's take a quick look at the stock market and see how we're doing during our summer of discontent. What's interesting last week was it ended up being an up week for Wall Street, even though every day I felt like I was doing bad stories. Dow's up 26, NASDAQ up 9, S&P 500 up 3. It's Rob Black and your money. 
800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639. Rob Black and your money, 910 AM. More stimulating talk. Don't forget tomorrow, 5 to 7, you're going to be at Kemble's. They don't open up till 5, and i got to leave right at 7 because I'm an old man. It's uh, Rob Black and your money, 910 AM. More stimulating talk. This is Rob Black and your money on 910 AM. More stimulating talk. And now, it's business time. Let's talk about some of the business stories that are out there. While I beg and plead for your phone calls, 800-345-5639. Cablevision Systems. They're in the news today. They're buying a company called Bresnan Communications for $1.37 billion. They're trying to expand their cable network and their cable footprint to part of the western United States. They're kind of a New York City cable company, Cablevision. Now, they're publicly traded. The deal's going to give Cablevision, which owns about... The shares are down today. It's going to give them about 300,000 subscribers in Colorado, Montana, Wyoming, and Utah. Currently, it sells video and Internet and phone services in New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. So you could see Cablevision's getting a bigger footprint, just moving from three East Coast states to three West Coast states. Now, ultimately, Cablevision makes deals with ESPN, and now they're able to have a little bit more volume, 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 or size, size, size. Cablevision's purchase is basically from a private side of the business model. So it's it's not going to rocket the shares or there's no big story there. Other than the cable companies continue to consolidate and they continue to get more and more power. Elsewhere in business time, CVS is buying back up to $2 billion of their own shares. Basically, to me, that's an indication of confidence in their growth prospects. It puts a valuation bottom under a company. Now, again, a bottom in the world of you and me, like, good God, that guy's got a big bottom. That's not a good thing. But a bottom in a stock is a very good thing, especially if you try to trade it or invest in it on the long side. So the company shares are up 1% today on that news. Very public spat going on with Walgreens right now over prescription drug reimbursements from CVS Pharmacy Benefits Management Business. Um, analysts have said Walgreens may lose more from the dispute in the short term, but that CVS is vulnerable without the top drugstore chain using their prescription benefit management services. So over the next five years, there's going to be enough cash flow at CVS to buy back up to $2 billion of their own shares. Now, again, easy way of thinking of this is buy, 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 sell, sell, sell. Okay, so you get the buy, buy, buy. Cable, the CVS is going to be buying $2 billion. That's buy, 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 buy. And that can push the stock higher and or help support it. Does that make sense to you? It kind of puts a valuation bottom in. Not always. Again, if this was an always kind of scenario, trust me, I would own the island of Maui right now. I would. But it's not an always type of scenario. Elsewhere, Giants have an odd promotion night. It's Halloween night at the stadium tonight. That's kind of odd, right? They're going to wear their Giants orange and and... Baltimore's coming to town, and they're black. So for my business time angle, stupid, bad promotion. Don't need to see Halloween costumes this early in the season. Next up, Sarah Lee, the CEO, has suffered a stroke. Basically, Brenda Barnes, she said that she suffered a stroke, but that she's recuperating. They didn't tell us about it until you know she can get to the point where she can talk without the slur. Sarah Lee has said that they're going to provide an update on her on August 12th when it's going to hold a conference for its full-year earnings. 
Um, but she came out today and said, I know there's been a lot of speculations. I want to take the opportunity to provide some details. I suffered a stroke a couple of weeks ago. I'm in the process of recuperating. Now you're saying, Rob, who cares about Sara Lee? I don't. Well, they make damn little tasty muffins. But on top of that, what if Steve Jobs had a stroke? Ooh, suddenly there's there's an angle and a twist, right? Now, Steve Jobs is going to be mad at me for saying that, but what if he has a stroke? What if something goes bad with the CEO of your favorite company? What if something goes bad? I once knew a, a company that made planes back in the 1990s. The CEO had a heart attack in the air and was dead before the plane hit the ground, and the stock was down 10% before the plane hit the ground. The news got out that the CEO of a company, which I don't think it's ironic, but he made planes and he died in a plane, but it wasn't a plane crash. I don't think that's ironic. I just think it's a coincidence. But um, that's how Wall Street is. So that uh, the question for you or the thought for you is, what are you doing with your portfolio to protect you from odd little things? Odd little things. Next up, Moody's. They're an investment credit company. They say that the worst oil spill in U.S. history has created an unprecedented financial, legal, regulatory, and environmental crisis for companies that operate in the Gulf of Mexico. They say that the accident could have an international impact as well, and as governments that oversee offshore production adopt these new, stricter U.S. standards. Their quote is, we believe it could take up to two years before producers, rig operators, and service firms in the deepwater Gulf can resume activity to pre-spill levels. What's that mean? Say, Black, it's Monday. I'm hungover. Make sense of this for me. It means we're going to have higher oil prices. It means natural gas has finally gotten a break. It means coal suddenly a little bit more attractive. So all of this adds up to there's a big showdown going on in the Gulf of Mexico. BP executives versus Barack Obama and the damages, you know, the damage bill is going to pile up. <laughs> have you ever been in a situation where you're having lunch with someone and you just slide the check over to them and they just coyly slide it back to you? That's what's going on with Barack Obama and, and British Petroleum right now. The U.S. has imposed a six-month moratorium on deepwater drilling, and this is going to have ramifications. Do not think that it won't. The small companies aren't going to survive in offshore drilling. It's time that they put their... their for sale, sign up, and be acquired, and or die. That's what it comes down to. This is going to have such ramifications on deep-sea deep sea drillers that if you ain't got the money to put up, you better shut up and or get acquired because the cost of doing business, it's gone up. The liability cap for deep water producers, it's gone up. New rules are going to make it expensive to do business, and they're going to get shut down or and or acquired. So only big businesses do succeed here. And, again, was that Obama's goal? Nope. Unintended consequence. Unintended consequence. And next up, and finally, UBS Securities Analyst today is maintaining a neutral rating on Harley-Davidson. It's interesting to note about this is Harley-Davidson is a publicly traded company. Ticker symbol is HOG, H-O-G, which is, I think, one of the greatest ticker symbols of all time. To me, it's a play on a good economy. It is not a play on a bad economy. And it's a play on a midlife crisis. It is not a play on youth. Youth today aren't saying, ooh, I need to get me an electric glide. I need to get me on Route 66 and go across the country and, and rediscover my youth. It's a midlife crisis. Uh, it's, it's a Harley-Davidson is a midlife crisis. They, there's a quote, put your A, SS, on some class. 
So Harleys are class motorcycles. Now, Harley-Davidson's a major uh, maker of motorcycles, number one seller of heavyweight cruisers. they got some great names of motorcycles. Don't listen to these. Don't these sound like porn names? Don't these sound like vibrator names? Electroglide, the Sportster, and Fatboy. That's the name of their motorcycles. They have a sexual innuendo to them, don't they? Fatboy? Come on. It can't just be me. Anyway, um... They also do financial services. So, like, if you go buy Harley, they'll finance it. That's kind of interesting to note because that, that tells you it's it's more of a bank at times than it is a motorcycle maker. I just can't get behind the stock. I, I, I don't see what the analysts see in it. I, I see it going sideways. I don't see it going up. Um, you look at the valuation, and we're just not there. The company's quarter-to-date sales have declined about 7%. They're still declining 24% year over year. So the worst may not be over because they're down 7%. We need to see down 1%, up 1%, down zero year over year. So, so far, I don't feel good about it. Harley's doing a lot of sales to try to get their motorcycles out the door. And when you do a lot of sales, you don't make a lot of money. Your margins go down. Now, your inventory goes down, which is good. You keep people employed, which is good. And you stay in business and you learn, you basically fight another day. But you don't go up. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800 800- Three four five five six three nine. It's Rob Black and your money. Nine ten a.m. Oh yeah. More stimulating it's talk. Business time. It's business time. This is Rob Black and your money on nine ten a.m. More stimulating talk. And now Rob Black. Interesting to note: in two thousand and one, the euro was below a dollar. Right now it's at about a buck twenty, and people are acting like it's the end of the world. It's the end of the world as we know it. It's not that bad. It's that's the, the kicker is is people get caught up in the moment, and they 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 become adamant that things are awful and that this is worse than the last time because that's something you got to kill yourself. I mean, you got to kick yourself and say, I got to stop doing this because I'm hurting myself. You got to stop doing it. Let's talk about. I'm tired of talking about Netflix. Aren't you tired of me talking about Netflix? I feel like I talk about Netflix too often. It is the most wonderful application for televisions connecting to the Internet. I will pound the table on that. Pound, pound, pound. The application is changing the computing model aggressively, especially in the mobile computing market. And Netflix is huge. I'm not telling you to buy the stock. I'm telling you to, you damn well better have it on your, your, your shopping list in case things get hit like hell in a handbasket. Anytime it drops 10% of your aggressive, that's your entry point. Anytime it drops 30% of your conservative, that's your entry point. Can't see a 40% drop coming. It's just not, you're not going to see it coming. You're not going to be that kind of smart. So growing market, and wait, wait, it may never pull back 30%, just so you know. It may never, ever, never do it. So they've got a growing market right now. And I've got a wireless television. It hooks up to my wireless internet. And I can watch Netflix season three of Dexter. Now, they don't have season four of Dexter yet on Netflix, but I think that's coming. I think Netflix is aggressively fighting the Hollywood studios and saying, you know what? We want you to sell DVDs so you can give us product later, but we want more product available on streaming. You'll make more money. We'll make more money. We won't have to ship stuff out on, on you know, mail. So there's a winner-winner chicken dinner here. So tons of consumer value. I love my Netflix subscription. 
Love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. You got strong growth. You got rising margins over the next couple of years from a move to the internet. So, and they seem to be, I don't know if you've looked, but the brick and mortar video rental chain's dead. Now, I went to Half Moon Bay this weekend. I had to get some sexy time. And tiny little cities like Half Moon Bay still have video stores. But anything that's above a town, like anything that's above a village of tents, the video store's gone. So more and more of us are starting to get, and again, for 12 bucks a month, you can get basically anything you want to see online. Or that's not bad. You can have a variety, you know, the wife could have, you know, uh, Sex in the City, old episodes. You can have your Dexter, blood splatter, gorific, fantastic. Uh, so Netflix is still there. And again, this isn't one year. This is going to be multiple years of them not sending out that red envelope. Again, 100% of us aren't going to stop using, we're not going to stop using DVDs overnight, but we are going to stop using DVDs. I hate to tell you, but when you buy a DVD, you're now going to own it at Netflix forever, or you're going to own it at Amazon.com forever. And you'll be able to watch it whenever you want to watch it, because it's going to be in the cloud. So the physical DVD, Dodo Bird, it's going away of the CD, it's it's going away. Which is interesting to note. I was watching KQED last night, and I was watching, you know, one of those... Uh, time record, you know, we're, we're 1950s, 1960s British invasion, and they're selling like these five amazing rock and roll albums, and you like the animals. Did you know the lead singer of the animals looks like he's 16? And he sings that, that smoking song, there is a house in New Orleans. And he's got this like crazy voice, and then he looks like Justin Bieber. Like you're going, you don't even have a hair on your body, and you got this stunning voice. And like, for instance, I got hair all over my body, I'm like Sasquatch. Um, and for the record, I, I figured it out. Sasquatch is blurry. That's why we could never get a photo of him, because he lives in a blur. He he automatically is in a blur, and that's why we can't catch him. I think he's just a guy in New Jersey that's really blurry. He's never in focus. So anyway, um, where do I go with the story? Where do I go with the story? Uh, oh, the house in New Orleans. So this little kid's got this amazing voice, and they're still selling CDs. I was like, you know what? I'd get that five album, 150 songs, I can't get no satisfaction. For instance, Rolling Stone's drummer, he taps his drum like once every two seconds. Drumming, it's evolved. It's evolved. And I'm like, I'd get this, but I'd want it all on, on MP3. I don't like. I don't want the CD anymore. Now I know you can rip CDs and you can have a physical backup forever and ever, but I would buy that $150 set of five great albums, 50s, 60s, 70s, British and Bay. I'd buy it, but I want it on MP3 now. Like, I want to see the first infomercial that does MP3. I must, I'll almost automatically support it. Uh, one of the worst purchases ever in my life. Remember when you're in high school and you're going to the music store? Fantastic way to scope out chicks. One of the best purchases, or one of the worst purchases I ever got, it was like songs from the movies, um, top songs from movie soundtracks. So it was like Highway to the Danger Zone. This was like Top Gun. I, th- I thought I was buying the top summer movie songs on a CD, right? The thing I didn't notice, it was by the Beat Street Band. So this this band, like, couldn't even get a gig at, like, a Jersey Shore bar. It's just, like, this mom and pop with a keyboard, and they're singing, Highway, like, biggest ripoff. 19 bucks, gone, just like that. And now you're saying, Rob, that's a good story. I'm glad that you're an idiot at times, and you don't actually read the details of some of the stuff you're actually buying. Yep, that's me. That's me. And 
Heidi's uh, putting on the headphones. So she's going to talk. What are you talking about? Yeah. So, okay. So not only do they sell um, CDs still yeah. on KQED, and yeah, I think yeah. that's partially because it's for old people. Yeah. You know, all the, the what, f- songs of the 50s and 60s, young, young dudes like yourself, yes. they're not going to be normally ordering that. Um, There's something to be said that you want to pass that on, though, to your children. Like, I'm just saying, generally speaking, yeah. you're the the exception to the rule, but the, keep it the small exception, I think. And you notice they also actually sell videos. No. Yes, they do. No. It's all their like historical shows oh, really? that they have, you know, like all the great, um, you know, the national parks and all that. Um, the shows that they do, they sell videos. There's a sign of the times that I think you've just given up and quit. And one of the signs of the times that you've just given up and quit is when you're wearing. Um, Exercise clothes, and you're not exercising. <laughs> yeah. So, like, if you're wearing sweatpants to breakfast, basically you've said, I'm fat, I give up, I, I can't button my fly anymore. Well, I can't be bothered to put on regular people clothes, and I can only wear comfy clothes with an elastic waistband, I think is what you're saying. Is another sign of the times, and for the record, if I ever see a real estate agent in, in sweats, like, I, I find that funny. I find that laughable. Uh, typically, they're a cotton top, a cotton tip top, which is kind of like uh, a white top. Um, so if I watch KQED, if I find myself sitting there going, I wouldn't mind getting there. Like, when I was 18, I, I heard The Animal's House of the Rising Sun, Heidi. It changed my life. I was like, this is a cool song. And I, I might have been 15, I might have been 16, but am I officially old because I want to grab it and, and make sure that I have it somewhere in my library just in case, like, I want to pass it on to my child and say, this was a cool song to me, it should be a cool song to you? That's a tough one. I, I get to having kids and wanting to actually pass down a physical thing. And in fact, occasionally I'll still buy a CD every now and again, no. just every now and then again, just to have, you know, like the liner notes and, you know, maybe they have like a cool cover. You know, the another thing that's gone the way of the Dodo, the album cover. Yeah. You know, we don't have that anymore. We don't get to hold things in our hands. And that was um, that was fantastic in the 70s and 80s album covers and liner notes. So I get I do get that aspect of it, but I mean we're all certainly phasing out the CD and the DVDs in our homes and it's it's taken a little while to get there, but I'm definitely doing it. Yeah, yeah. We're moving on. Okay, so KQED, am I old? Just bottom line it for me. Do you think that's a sign I, that I'm basically one step into an old folks home? I, I think that your kid is going to think that you're really old when you hand him a CD. I'm not going to hand him a CD. I want to sit, <laughs> sit down with him and say, listen to this. Because by that time, in, I don't know, we got the river. We got what, what station do we have here that covers old time rock and roll? Oh, the, river? the band, which the band. is kind of 70s and 80s. Yeah. It's not even that old. I don't think the, the animals will still be played by then. They won't. So I don't even think they're played on that station now. There are very few of those stations left, those yeah. 50s and 60s stations. Yeah. There's not, there are not many. Okay. But you're, generally speaking, I think you're more the exception to the rule in that. Do you hear the clicking? Everyone's checking out what Ron Owens is talking about totally. over at A10. we got to change the topic. Anywho, back to Netflix, right? Yeah, Netflix. Have I mentioned Skinflix? I'll be here all week. Um, okay, 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 okay. So there's something going on in Europe. And I, I'm changing the topic, and this is as cold turkey as I could change the topic, people. Um, something going on in Europe. We see it with Spain. We see it with Italy. We see it with Germany. Uh, we're seeing it pretty aggressively. Cutbacks. And one of the things they're cutting back is solar initiatives. A couple of years ago, if you lived in Germany and you wanted a solar panel, they'd basically bend over backwards as a government to pay for it so you'd have it. Now, I'm kind of embellishing a little bit. If I've told myself once, I've told myself a million times not to exaggerate. But they would bend over backwards. Same thing with Spain. 
So I've told you in the last year, be careful. These governments, they don't have the money to subsidize solar. Like George Bush, oil man, he subsidized solar better than President Obama did because George Bush didn't have the disasters that President Obama has. I mean, you can only spend so much money. And the basic idea of what's going on in Europe right now that I, I kind of want to caution you on is they're going to cut subsidies. So I have a portfolio that I call European subsidies. And what that basically means is I've got companies that I've listed that are probably going to go down. Companies like Intuitive Surgical, where the grants and the hospital money aren't going to be there anymore. Uh, so you have to be very, very – not so much not going to be there, but it's going to basically play out a lot like the way um, solar did, where solar's best days were when we didn't have these massive fiscal deficit problems. So Intuitive Surgical is one that I'm, I'm cutting back on, I'm, or I won't even look at it, because they get about 20% of their revenue from Europe, and I think that's going to go down. Bruker, a company called BRKR, medical company, Hanson Medical, HNSN. Hologic, ticker symbol H-O-L-X, Intuitive Surgical, I-S-R-G. Nuvasif, a company that does minimally invasive surgeries, ticker symbol N-U-V-A. A A company called Volcano, it's been a great five-year run, but as Europe is cutting subsidies, I'm like, I'm not going to be as aggressive buyers because it's just one of those things that it's not there anymore. So since I can't count on it, I don't want it, I don't like it, you, you kind of see where I'm going at with that. So cutbacks in European spending is likely to impact a lot of medical device companies, medical tech companies. The euro dollar weakening, again, it hurts companies to do business as the euro is weakening. So it's going to impact revenue enough to the point that I go, eh, I'm going to sit on sidelines. Next up, J&P Securities. They're talking about they came to VMware. And when they came to VMware, VMware is a publicly traded company. And one of the things they do is this virtual machine. A virtual machine, basically, I've got a PC in front of me, but a virtual machine will allow me to run 10 different operating systems. On one level, it could be an op, a Microsoft product. On another level, it could be an Apple product. On another level, it could be you know, a hardcore COBOL language from you know, the 1970s. So it allows me to run multiple languages, and analysts are basically looking at it right now, VMware, and they're saying, you know, this whole cloud technology... It's helping drive some potential upsides. They like VMware. I'm not sure I'm quite as impressed, but Salesforce.com starting to use them, and there's some crossover ties. And, of course, I like Salesforce.com. You get the basic idea. 800-345-5699 if you want to get your calls in the air and wait 22 hours till I come back. Tomorrow the show will be tighter. We'll have more audio. Thanks for listening. Thanks for putting up with me. Drop me an email, rob, robblack.com. Tomorrow, 5 to 7, I'll be at Kimball's in Jack London. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.